Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Uh, more developments uh, just yesterday. This is Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie. 41 Canadian diplomats and their 42 dependents were in danger of having immunity stripped on an arbitrary date. And this would put their personal safety at risk. The safety of Canadians and of our diplomats is always my top concern. Given the implications of India's actions on the safety of our diplomats, we have facilitated their safe departure from India. Yeah, they're gone. Ottawa has now suspended in-person services at its consulates in India. The federal government pulling 41 diplomats out of the country yesterday. Uh, of course, this all comes as tensions between India and Canada continue to remain pretty high. As Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, as you know, he said last month that Canadian intelligence services had, quote, credible evidence that agents of the Indian government may have been involved in the killing of Hardeep Singh Nijar. Canadian Sikh activist was gunned down outside his gurdwara in Surrey, British Columbia, back in June. Uh, India says the claims are preposterous, and there has been an ongoing back and forth diplomatically uh, in terms of the old tit for tat. You, we expel one of yours, you expel one of ours. Well, now we're up to 41 Canadians uh, pulled by the federal government yesterday because they were about to lose diplomatic immunity. Now, there are some out there who say Canada needs to be careful about escalating this confrontation any further because there is a price to pay. It's an economic price. India is a huge country. We do have ties with trade. Um, and there are those that say the price we'll have to pay here is too steep. And to continue with this is not worthwhile economically. Canada should back down. A lot of other people disagree, including our next guest. Uh, Kevin Yin says that's not a sound policy. He's a doctoral student at the University of California, Berkeley. Also has a master's degree in economics from Yale. Kevin, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me, Shane. Yeah, you disagree with that idea, right? That the cost here is, is too much for Canada to bear. We'd be smart to cut our losses. You think uh, Canada should not be thinking about giving in or ratcheting down this, right? I Yeah, I definitely don't think so. Um, I think if you just look at the numbers and the magnitude of what we, we would be giving up in that case, um, it's really just not something to be concerned about when compared to sovereignty issues like protecting the safety of Canadian citizens. Yeah, when we talk about that economically, dollars and cents, what would it cost? You've done some analysis, you've looked into it. What kind of a hit does Canada stand to lose should we get into a worst-case scenario here? Okay, I mean, you know, the, the caveat with economic projections is that they're all, you know, they're always a bit hazy. But um, there's some industry research that says we would have gained Canadian GDP by about $5 billion by 2035. So that's over a decade. Um, but, you know, as I talk about in my article... That's actually not a very big number. That's less than a fifth of a percent after over a decade, which is tiny growth per year. You know, it's really not a big difference. And, Would there and be you some... really have to put it in perspective with the loss. Right? For, sure, absolutely. Now, you're, you're overall, but I imagine there are there, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's got to be some industries, maybe agriculture, there's got to be some sectors that are saying, okay, sure, overall, in the gr larger scheme of things, it's not that much, but for us, it's really, really bad. Is that a possibility? 
I think that's definitely a possibility. And, um, you know, I don't want to be dismissive of the fact that, you know, these are people's livelihoods at stake here. Um, but I think there, you know, there's a rosier picture we can paint about those industries too. So for example, for fruit exports, those have been growing a lot in the past five years. They grew by over a third, right? Um, plastics and rubbers, which was a, you know, another one that was set to gain from the comprehensive economic partnership. Um, those are projected to expand by almost the same amount in the next five, right? So there's an argument to be made that uh, there are strong prospects, even in the absence of a trade deal with India. Um, and like you say, it's still there. The demand will continue. On the other side of this coin, though, what would it cost us if we were to capitulate? If we were to say, you know what? Yeah, economically, this doesn't make sense. We're going to back down. What do we risk there? What do we lose if we make that calculation? I think the issue is that we, we really shouldn't look at this as like an isolated bilateral Canada v. India situation, right? I mean, India is not the only country with the incentives to interfere um, that would, you know, enjoy an indication that extra an extrajudicial killing would be go, you know, would go unpunished in Canada. Um, and I think what we lose is setting a precedent that says we accept this, we can live with this, if your GDP is big enough, do whatever you want to us. And I think that's just really not a message you want to send, especially when the costs of not sending that message are not very high. Long term, what do you think that would lead to for us as a country? Should we make that choice? Uh, I think... Just you know, overall it's, it's weakness, really right? Yeah, weakness. I think the issue is um, just like the inability to dictate our own foreign policy in the right. future, right? Like. Uh, there are going to be cases where bigger deals are going to be on the line in the future, right? Bigger things at stake. And other countries are going to look at this precedent and say Canada has a history of capitulating um, for for economic uh, considerations, even minor ones. So I think we can do whatever we want. And I just don't think that's a message that we should be sending. Interesting analysis. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. I do appreciate it. Uh, 